0: We are we are live, which is amazing, and uh, that's good to see you drinking your gravy there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's my chocolate BHB.
0: Yes, and uh, I'm actually trying that, so thank you for that. That's really good. So, what's the benefit of the the BHB then?
1: All of the benefits that you would achieve from being in a ketogenic state, um, only enhanced. So, it's nothing you can't achieve naturally from being carnivore ketogenic. Um, But so hundreds of benefits. The reason that I'm taking this today is that I completed a duathlon today, my second duathlon. Um, And I'm absolutely wrecked. So a couple of reasons, actually. Uh, I wanted some energy for the brain so I could concentrate because I'm absolutely exhausted. And secondly, uh, exogenous ketones will increase EPO naturally within the body when taken after intense exercise. Um, so those are my two. Plus it combats inflammation and the list goes on and on. But
0: yeah, mm-hmm. so there is a method to my mind. <laughs> uh, what? Uh, well, we've got M here, just M. Uh, chocolate is a good brain energizer. So that's good. The BHB and a bit of chocolate. Is that, would that be true, do you think?
1: You know, c- co-work does come from a plant. I do flavor my chocolate BHB with... Cocoa, anything from a plant consumed in... I don't drink too much coffee. I still drink coffee. I love drinking coffee. Excess is going to relate to a negative benefit, but it depends on how much chocolate one was eating. If you are eating a poor lifestyle and you start to eat vegetables you're going to see a benefit. You know, if you're eating a poor lifestyle and you, you revert to dark chocolate, you're going to see a benefit. All of these so-called antioxidant benefits from plants are not antioxidants. They are, in fact, a pro-oxidant effect. You can get away with consuming X amount. I think it's a drug. There we are. <laughs> and I'm addicted to coffee. I only see the upside when I drink coffee. Anthony Chaffey, when he consumes coffee, uh, becomes inflamed and he notices almost immediately any benefit to him uh, consuming coffee is negated by the negative effect. I don't feel that it inflames my body. Uh, I train intensely. So um, you would expect that I'm highly attuned to my body in regards to inflammation, aches and pains. Um, When I take it out, you know, I'm aching just as much uh, as I do, you know, when I keep it in. But I do notice a benefit when it comes to training because caffeine is a known ergogenic aid. So I use these things to confer a benefit depending on what that benefit could be and the timing of taking that. I wouldn't drink coffee before bed because it keeps me awake. So as the stimulant effect would be negative in that respect, too much coffee Uh, It's high in acrylamide, which is a known carcinogen. So, you know, I wouldn't consume in excess.
0: Just to remind you to please subscribe.
1: It alters the glutamate to GABA ratio, which can lead to anxiety and depression. So people who drink, you know, silly amounts of of, of coffee, it can lead to feeling, you know, negative thoughts, um, self-doubt and and this sort of thing. You know, not to mention insomnia and, and lots of other sort of downstream a deleterious effects of, of overconsumption. But then a little bit can confer a benefit. If you were living a carnivore lifestyle, you know, strict, you you were gonna be you're gonna benefit more without putting it in. If you are that strict, putting, you know, a few pieces in now and again isn't gonna cause any harm anyway. Your context is incredibly important. We have healed our gut. Our guts are healed. We no longer suffer with this intestinal permeability. You know, if we were to go back eating these foods day after day, then You know, potentially, uh, you know, but it, I think if we compare it to a standard lifestyle, then it's all
0: about context. I mean, when I did my advanced personal training certificate many years ago interesting to see caffeine is a banned substance in so many sports when i got involved with the javelin throw, the olympic javelin thrower i mean you've just got to avoid caffeine so why am i saying that what well, it proves it gives you an edge because well, wasn't it sort of over the last few years deemed not to
1: you know have an impact on athletic performance you know you could argue that the food would improve performance you know yes. because if yes. you had the correct nutrients you're going to perform better. And that doesn't mean that you can't perform without fasting. I'm on about,
0: not on a daily basis, you know, but on on a level playing field. But Manchester City striker Eric Haaland, who's uh, a Haaland, however you want to pronounce it, you know, so he's bucking the trend and having liver and protein and mouth taping and wearing blue blockers and doing all these sort of things. And he's, you know, basically the top scoring uh, striker last year in the Premier League, beyond belief performance. So we are seeing that in the mainstream sorry to interrupt you rich but you know that is being talked about sadly i mean even today it's it's still reported in a derogatory fashion as in it's weird it's strange He, he eats liver and meat and that's pretty much all he eats he's 23 and he's still growing you know is it this weird diet he's at the peak of his performance and looking amazing and growing so it's it's out there matthew's got this question in the context of something you said last week and he's he's Making a an a sort of an add to it. Would having a healthy fat with beef protein isolate powder change the absorption rate of ten G an hour and fifteen G in ninety minutes? Um you, you should imagine so, yeah. I mean
1: it's I try to eat protein with fat. Um always. Now I do produce a whey type of protein, which I believe to be, you know, as clean as it can be. Now, that said, I believe that a beef isolate is cleaner, although it comes back to the absorption rate. So, you know, two conflicting things, and it depends on what your goals are. Um, but even with the protein that um, that I make, if if I do use it or when I do use it, I will add um, a fat to that. Uh, the reason I don't put the fat in is that some people who are looking to increase protein are not always looking to increase fat. And the bioavailability is a lot higher from um A casein protein, a whey based casein, than it is from uh, a beef beef isolate, for example. Uh, So, yeah, add the fat. Um, That's a fantastic workaround if you're not tied to tracking macros and you're not looking to restrict fat. Uh, You know, one of the benefits to add in the protein for me is cutting for a competition, for example. So, you know, you can eat the the lean protein, you know, you can get the tuna, the bass, the fish, the chicken, Um, and this will stimulate the body to upregulate. Uh, its own fat burning process. Um and that will allow you to lose weight. So if you're looking to, to drop a few pounds incredibly quickly, uh, you know, eating those lean cuts are a fantastic way. Um no pun intended, but it another great option is adding in a protein supplement, especially if you're on the go. You know, it's uh, it's always handy to to take with you. So if you, if you are doing that
0: and you're not tied to fat macros, by all means put some fat in. Yeah, that's great. Um, yes, and Matthew, thank you for joining the Fat Club and uh, attending our live. If you're interested in uh, more of these live streams, if we do one tomorrow at five pm, but it's only in uh, Mighty Networks. But there we go. Right, we have another. Uh, we have another question, actually. Pamela Gordon, hello, Pamela. I am carnivore. I have been getting really sleeping sleepy after eating two to three hours. Right. I'm not doing very well with reading. I'm going to do it again. Okay, take two. Pamela Gordon, I am carnivore. I have been getting really sleepy after eating. Two or three hour naps. I'm really cold. Shivery cold. Any thoughts? Yeah. Do you
1: know, I had this recently with um, a client. Um, It could be a number of reasons. They could be new to carnivore. um, So they're still suffering with um, hypoglycemia uh after eating food and not assimilating the proteins and fats effectively uh but what i found with the client that i was working with this is somebody who has been carnival for a long time um they were adding in uh fats that they were getting from the supermarket and they were processed meats which were higher in linoleic acid um so i I put it down to, to this I put it down to the the increase in insulin resistance and when in insulin uh, increases it can, it can lead to all sorts of downstream you know effects uh this is why if we eat carbohydrate we'll have insulin release and then a the blood glucose crash uh so it could be related to that uh it could be not eating enough uh it could be eating too much so i mean there's um you know lots of of other sort of contributing factors there um the, the, definitely, the source of the meat for for certain could could be a big impact. You know, are you only eating lean cuts? Um, are you eating predominantly beef, or is it eggs? Are you maybe having a reaction to to the eggs? Uh, a lot of people have reactions to eggs and fish uh, and cheese. You know, other, other dairy products. Um, lot lots of things. But what I would suggest to do is an elimination protocol, um, removing everything, not one thing at a time, taking everything out. Uh, Seeing if that improves, coming back to maybe eating just beef um, or lamb uh, and then reintroducing certain things and seeing what impact it has. But grass fed from your local butcher is always going to be better. Um, I'm not a big fan of of, uh, supermarket bought bought meats, Uh, but I do understand that it's a purpose to it. But if cash is an issue when it comes to buying protein, beef mince is incredibly cheap. And your local butcher will probably add the offcuts of the offal to the mince. So you get all the benefits of the liver, heart and kidney um, with, without even paying for it, essentially. So that's what I tend to do. I eat a lot of mince. Uh, and I'm going to be yeah. putting in a lot more lamb as well. So lamb, I think, is is another well
0: underrated source of uh, of protein and fat. Yeah, absolutely. That. I mean, I, I would say the getting well. Pamela, we probably need to know how long you've been carnivore. And is this something that's developed? Let's say you've been carnivore two years as it suddenly started. Uh, and uh, Rich is right. What are you eating? Are you eating ribeyes? Are you eating eggs? Are you eating ground beef? Are you eating fish? So what sort of carnivore are you? So this is uh, just um, not being critical of you. It's just to be helpful. The more information you can give, but very interesting notation, Uh, You know, I'm carnivore two years, I get sleepy after eating, mainly after ribeyes. Because um, getting sleepy after eating is definitely when you're new to carnivore, something that you experience ever such a lot, because it takes a lot more energy to digest. That can also explain the coldness sometimes, because your thyroid is trying to regulate your temperature, whereas your digestive system is trying to digest stuff. Um, So you might find, although there is a thermic effect of food that the um, digestion is taking some of the energy away from the thyroid to produce the right temperature, shivery cold. So, yeah, and is it, if this is a new thing, maybe you've got an infection. Maybe it's nothing to do with food at all. So, yeah, uh, hopefully that was help, helpful. We have a nice, I like this, once a week man. For those people on the audio podcast, the week is W-E-A-K. Uh, but I do know there's a joke about a once a week man, um, which is <laughs> So it has a new a naughty connotation. So anyway, I like the names. And he's just saying, remember, remember the sizzle at seven. But yeah, we need it doesn't paying, properly, does it? Uh Cami, hey, hey. Uh chocolate is very high in oxalates. The darker, the worse. Yeah, and this is the thing, because dark chocolate people like because it's not got milk in it and it's not got, you know, uh lots of sugar. But when you have the darker chocolate, you do have higher oxalates, and then you get into the subject of stearic acid, but I, I I think we'll move on from chocolate. Don't want to talk about that too much, unless it keeps coming up, and then we'll go back to it. Tom J, good evening. I think that's one of your followers, isn't it, Rich? Tom J? Yeah, Tom. Um, yeah, I so believe he, he, Tom's been with us for a little while, hasn't he? The last yeah. um, c- couple of weeks or so. Yeah. I'm not going to do my Tom Jones joke, <laughs> because, you know, because... Uh, it would be unusual if I did. Right. Carnivore muscle, that's Jonathan. Yes. He's talking about the absorption here. Absorption is the same. Assimilation is no different accompanying protein with fat. And Richard says, I recommend my friend Richard's keto product, top shelf stuff. That's good. Well, um, that, that is true though, isn't it, Rich? Because absorption and utilisation are two different things and... Um, the the rate you absorb it is important and when you absorb it, when you, you know, so, so much. So just them. Yes, Cammy, I'm aware of that. It's not a regular part of my diet, but like Rich with his coffee, I've experienced only benefits when I have the occasional cup of hot raw cocoa. So yeah, this is it. I think it's all about knowing, having informed decisions when you ingest anything. Now, Andrea, and I'm not going to produce any laughs by p- trying to do that. <laughs> Surname. Uh, I had a lactate threshold test done, and the result was I have strong degree of lactate tolerance. Does low carb lifestyle affect this? I can't find any studies on this. I am a PHCI coach. Thank you, because obviously that's uh obler, isn't it? You know, you, the onset of oh, uh, blimey, blah, blah, blah. Mean, is going back to my training. You you look at that when you're training people, the onset of lactate. Can't remember the uh the mnemonic. The mnemonic is supposed to help you, but I can't remember the mnemonic. But anyway, yeah, what do you reckon on that? Yeah, unsure. It um that's one to look into, I think, isn't it? Yeah, I mean I would imagine that the low carb lifestyle would actually improve. Well it it you know, if we're talking about um well muscle lactate, we know is shuttled
1: to the liver much more efficiently when we are low carb ketogenic adapted. Um so it it leads to not us not suffering with these these DOMS, you know, the daily um uh the delayed onset muscle soreness. Um and what I noticed when I was bodybuilding is that I would never reach that sort of that vein popping pump that I would on carbohydrate. But that vein popping pump is lactate build up, and it's the body's inefficiency uh, inefficiency to uh, buffer the hydrogen ions and lead to to lactate build up. Um, so, I guess yeah, I mean it, it makes it more efficient in that respect. So, in regards to blood testing, I you know I'm unsure outside of the realms of training, but it makes sense if, if it does that. It it, it certainly upregulates ab- that that system, the lactic acid system, um, and allows us to buffer and perform at a much higher intensity for for a lot longer. So I guess it does
0: make sense. Yeah. I was just trying to look up in my notes. But um, anyway, um, I can't find it. So people boring me t- typing. Right. Uh, let's move on. So Jonathan says, kind of all muscle says, all cacao products give him a headache or make him feel unwell, headaches, etc. Right. Uh, Yuri. Hi, can I ask questions here? Wait, yes, you've just done that, so that's it. That's your one used up um not really, Of course, you can ask questions here. uh it's free for all, and if you want to get it promptly done, then you can do um you know a super chat, make a donation, which is very handy. uh can we? yes, it can be used as a hit of oxalates if you need to starve off dumping episodes. so um, what I'm gonna do from now, just to keep us it flowing is try not to do too much of the two info fro in in the chat but just try and get to um some of the questions but for now we'll carry on carnivore myself, this is a great place to ask questions i would rate it top four of all carnivore q and a's right well let's throw the gauntlet down top four would imply we're fourth because if we were a third he would say top three so i'd like to know the other three and we're quite happy to talk about other people aren't we um so what about this one? This is good. Cat uh, Diamond. Pamela, are you taking iodine? That should help with body temperature. And I think that's because it's supporting um, thyroid function or production of thyroid hormone, actually. So uh, your collagen powder, does that have selenium in it, Rich? The electrolytes too. It does, yeah? The electrolyte, yeah. yeah, not the
1: collagen. The electrolytes. Right. I do collagen as well. But uh, it's the electrolytes, yeah. contain selenium, molybdenum, and astaxanthin. So some hope. go and tell us about that. The astaxanthin is a compound that is found naturally in things like salmon. Um, it's what gives salmon the 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 pink colour. Um, it is the only true antioxidant on the planet, uh, and by that I mean these other things from plants that we are told are antioxidants are in fact pro-oxidants they begin their journey as pro-oxidants and the theory is that this um this hometic effect so we'll, we'll benefit from uh the effect of hormesis, where we put a little bit of bad in uh the body will increase glutathione the body's master antioxidant and we will uh, confer a benefit from from taking that that uh, toxin from from a plant um Except that isn't true because these plants or so-called antioxidants activate something called the NRF two pathway, which is an oxidative stress pathway. And um, the body sees this as as a prooxidant, a, a, a increases glutathione to conjugate to this toxin to excrete it from the body. And we would elicit the same response from ingesting things like mercury, lead, arsenic, tobacco smoke, um, you know, exhaust fumes. So if we are to believe that. These plants have an antioxidant effect and we also must believe that lead and arsenic and mercury are also good for us because they elicit the same response. But this astaxanthin is the only compound uh, that I know of on the planet that will elicit a true antioxidant effect without becoming a pro-oxidant first. And it's as an antioxidant, is 550 times more potent than vitamin E. It's uh, 60 to 80 times stronger. And some studies have gone up to 200 times stronger than vitamin C, uh, 800 times stronger than coenzyme Q10, uh, and the list goes on and on and on. Um, I've probably got 20 to 30 studies, clinical trials, research papers, um, conferring benefits, huge benefits to astaxanthin. And it comes from things like salmon. uh, And, you know, there are other animals that, that contain... Uh, th- this compound is so, but astaxanthin comes in two different forms. So we have a natural version and a synthetic version. So many supplements on the market will claim to to have this this astaxanthin, but it's a, it, in most cases it's a synthetic version, especially if it's in the UK. Because as far as I'm aware, I'm the only company in the UK that has the the rights to use um this this particular type of of astaxanthin, which is 21 times more potent than the synthetic version. Uh, so don't always believe what you read on a label. But astaxanthin, again, comes from animal proteins. So, which brings us Brilliant. To, to Carnival.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Obla was what I was trying to think of. Onset of blood lactate accumulate accumulation, also known as lactate threshold, refers to exercise at intensity, which lactate levels in the blood begin to accumulate more rapidly. And that's when... Um, your performance starts to drop off um that's brilliant rich that's really good so let's get back to the questions so i've I've lost myself now so yeah could you speak about this is against once a week man was that the person that asked if we can ask a question anyway no it wasn't could you speak a little bit about what to use to brush your teeth i heard richard says he uses mct oil is that true
1: yeah, I use MCTL for everything.
0: <laughs> um, yeah. Do you do oil pulling? Sorry? Do you do, do, you do oil pulling as well? Pulling. pulling. P-U-L-L-I-N-G. Oil pulling. You know, right. Well, that is, that's where you put an oil in your mouth, and then you sort of suck it and swirl it around and suck it, and um, it sort of gets in between the gaps. And you do it for two or three minutes and some. Some people swear by it and think it's fantastic. So, as you would with a mouthwash, in effect, yeah, pretty
1: much, yeah. So, so yeah, I, I'll, I'll give it a swill. Um, I tend to drink it, mind, <laughs> instead of dinner, but I certainly don't swill it for two or three minutes. You know, it's uh, it's a quick swoosh, uh, and I have been known to to wash my hair as well with uh, with MCT. Um, but it, you know, it, it can be can be quite expensive, but. Um, Having said that, you don't need an awful lot, you know. So you you could use an avocado oil or something instead. Um, although avocado oil is probably just as expensive, uh, actually, especially for the volume that you would use. But a tallow, uh, I use for skincare. So I use uh, a, a tallow cream um, for my. I used to suffer with dry hands when I was younger. In fact, all my life I've suffered with this 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 condition where my hands would go dry to the point where if you know I clenched my fist. I, it would crack and bleed, and I was on all of these uh, hand creams for years and years and years from the supermarkets. I I, I had uh, hand creams on, um, prescription from the doctor, medicated creams. I used to have creams or oh, this uh, this this little spot thing as well for the acne that I used to suffer with as an adult. So I used to have prescription. I I can't remember what it was, but it's it's, it's in this little. Excuse me, it's in this little um. Little tube, and when you get a spot or you know acne, you you dab it on, and it's meant to sort of sterilize and and, and kill the spot. And I used to use that for years and years and years, uh, mm-hmm. all of which have completely gone away since I've become keto and more so carnivore. So something else to to add to the list of of benefits that we don't uh, quite often speak about.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I use tallow um, in the shower. We have a water softener, so salt is added to the water. Um, That's the first thing. So when you look at the glass on the shower, if it's got that sort of misty mugginess that you have to clean off, we don't get that at all because um, the water softener means that there is no um, staining on any of the shower panels. Uh, So, yeah, I just use tallow for that Uh, and tallow to wash in. That's all I do. I don't use any other sort of things like moisturizers and stuff. Looking at my face in HD, maybe I should. Um, I'm not doing too bad, for 15 and then. And I clean my teeth with a salt solution. And my hair gel is water and salt. Simple as that. A little spray bottle with some salt in. And I couldn't believe the difference because I used to get very uh, sweaty very sweaty when I was training and working out and the gel would get in here and it would be awful. But anyway, since I've been doing that, it's been much, much better, much, much better. So yeah, you can do all this fantastically. So, um, thank you, Jonathan for becoming a member. That's really nice. I, I appreciate that. And strangely enough, going back to your top four, top four, um, You've actually written who you think is in your top four. So, yes. So, um, Harry Sopanos. Yes, I understand that totally and utterly. And if that's someone new to you, Rich, he would beat you hands down in long answers. He would do yeah, he used to do weekly live streams that would be five hours quite easily. Yeah. Just on his own. And um he is an absolute font of knowledge. And I've, had it, I've, I've interviewed him a couple of times, and he's a top bloke, top bloke. So I'm not, assuming, I'm not going to assume in order that he's number one, but the top three or four. So you've got uh, Harry Sopanas. Then you've got Bart K. Yeah, Bart, not sure he does live Q&As as much as he used to. Uh, and I'm a guest on his show tomorrow. So that's quite weird. Uh, timing, that's good. Uh, Dr. Chafee. Yeah, he's all right, isn't he, Rich? He's okay. And why is CMR? What is CMR? Do you know who that is? Would that be Carnival Muscle Revolution or something? Is that you, yourself, Jonathan? I don't know. <laughs> anyway, uh, by the way, Jonathan is a carnivore in the UK, so we've got a little bit of news here. Um, Myself and Rich and Jonathan and Phyllis got and Ben Hunt, who's a bit too shy at the moment. Uh, we were talking about the fact that we need a little group of carnivores in the UK to do a sort of weekly thing about just carnivores in the UK. So we're doing that, and I think we're doing that Tuesday night at 7 o'clock. I don't know if Rich is able to make it because he wasn't able to make the first meeting because I think he was out with your daughter, and that's fair enough too. So it's going to be one of one, two, three, four, five of us. And also I'm going to call out there, if you know any carnivore UK, uk carnivores influencers that you think would be very good to get on to um to that show then please suggest it either you know by emailing me or jonathan or rich and because we just want a map with lots and lots of dots everywhere of all these different people that um you know are carnivores in the uk do you think you'll be doing it rich this tuesday
1: Quite quite possible. A few things to add to that. So I've um um the Carnival Consultant, Jonathan and myself recorded a podcast months and months and months ago. It's an incredible podcast that I still haven't got round to releasing yet. Um I've got a massive <laughs> mind on So I'm that's my next one to release, and I'm well behind on on releasing. So stay tuned for that one. Um yeah, I was I was away on so I left Friday um to travel. Uh, to Devon. So the reason for that is I was competing today in a duathlon. Um, it was uh, a GB qualifying duathlon, and there was around 400 of uh, the best athletes in the UK competing. So I was well out of my league. But that was that was that happened today. Um, but what I wanted to do, the idea was to travel uh, up up early. And on the Friday, and I wanted to spend the day up there with my little girl, go into a few sort of amusement parks and various things. But the amusement park was closed due to the weather, so we were going to go to, um, uh, I can't remember what it's called. There's a little village, little miniature village, uh, where things are sort of uh, model village. What's it called? Um, I want to say Babadook, but it's not because that's a that's a horror <laughs> thing. But it rhymes. It rhymes. It rhymes with that. There's something Baba in there. Baba Cool, maybe. Um, so we headed off to 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 that on Friday, so I could spend some time with my little girl uh, and and the missus before sort of competing and doing my thing on on the on the Sunday. Except I woke up. I had a, a screw in my tire on friday morning so i had to wait till the garage opened i took it to the garage they didn't have my tire in stock i was incredibly late leaving um so we didn't leave until gone 11 and then 20 minutes into the journey i had another flat tire on the other side to which i had to pull over and uh, inspect the wheel and pump it up and anyway long, long and short it is we didn't get to do anything on friday um, because we didn't get up there till till too too late, until this uh, a, a, attraction was closed. So I made up for that on Saturday. But that's what I was on Friday, and I competed in that duathlon today, which uh, is the reason that I'm half-soaked, I think, and a little bit exhausted. Um, yeah, basically fighting for my life for a couple of hours against some of the, the best athletes in, in the UK, having only recently... Began running and and cycling, so it was uh, it was a it was an eye opener. Um,
0: yeah, brilliant. Uh, so, just for people that are wondering where we are in the comments, so we're fifteen minutes behind at the moment because Matthew's comment there who was posted at 7.15. We will try to get to every comment and question. Uh, Matthew's just got a comment, really. A few years ago, I had a bodybuilder work colleague who only ate white fish such as cod for seven days straight for rapid weight loss. He looked great, but was very tired. And yeah, you probably... Um, you need the fat. So it's an incredible way to strip...
1: But it, um, you do need to put those fat refeeds in. So if it's for a, a specific purpose, doing that in the short term is an ideal we, uh, way to, to strip the fat. But I noticed when I was doing consultations of public speaking events, when I used to compete and I'd strip and go uh, a long time without fat, that I was unable to form words. I was giving presentations, forgetting why I was there. So fat is incredibly important. So if you are doing that, do it sensibly. Uh, and and do your your fat refeeds to uh, to overcompensate for for lack of energy. Plus, this person is obviously coming from a carb background as well. So there's that whole adaptation period and, and lack of uh, of sodium and dropping insulin and, and everything else that we've spoken about
0: previously. Great stuff. Um, could you zoom in on your camera a little bit, or is that not possible? By the way, what nine Yeah, because I like to see this brilliant remote control working. You're that uh, get you look because you look so small compared to me. That's good. And you'll look better on a real. Right here we go. So yeah, Guam eighty three G W A M eighty three. Here's the question: I've tried carnivore twice, failed day nine and then day sixteen. I always lose fifteen to twenty percent strength in the gym, and as the days progress, I feel worse and worse. Is this just not for me? Now everybody feels the same way.
1: It's you're coming from a lifetime of being fueled by by glucose. Your whole gut microbiome is geared up to processing um, specific things for for nutrients. And now you're taking that energy away. You're taking that. Um, you're changing your whole gut microbiome. So you're altering the Firmicutes and Bacteroidetes, and it takes time to upregulate. And you need to uh, be able to assimilate those fats uh, and proteins effectively. And it's it's a transition period. So initially, you have that drop in insulin, which is signalling the kidneys to release sodium from four points uh, in the nephrons in the kidneys. Uh, it, it, and with that with that fluid loss and and that sodium loss, this leads to what's known as keto flu, or what was once known as the Atkins flu. So sodium is incredibly important. Um, sodium, lots of sodium can can compensate for uh, much of the loss because it's not uh, you're not losing. Um, Muscle, it's volume in the muscle. So maybe supplement with creatine as well. But there is an adaptation period and it can take, you know, Stephen and I have, have spoken to to various uh, listeners and and personal experiences. It took me nearly 12 months to fully adapt, but the general consensus is three to six months to fully adapt. Uh, strengths, everything will drop off a cliff initially, but you need to make sure that you persevere. Um, keep, the, keep the protein in, keep the fat in. Um, get plenty of electrolytes make sure the potassium and sodium ratio is accurate uh, don't fear the fat because now you need to signal um the body to to transition into burning fats uh you can do this through you know potentially supplementing with an MCT powder or exogenous ketones also but salts are super important so you can use electrolytes or salt your meals um with like a pink himlayan or a celtic sea salt um, but it is very common i think almost everybody who was transitioned into this this lifestyle has experienced that and it i it took me maybe 2 or 3 weeks until i started to feel any sort of benefit at all or even any resemblance of my previous self because i you know i've i've explained before that i genuinely thought that i was going to die um but i was so unhappy with the way that i looked and and Various other factors in my life that I persevered, and one day I woke up and I felt the best that I had ever felt. So it, uh, how you go about this is incredibly important. But salt, protein, and fat uh, are three of of my main pillars that um, that I would strongly recommend. Consistency is key.
0: Yeah, and I think you've got to look at it. Uh, I, I just take a bit of a broader approach your body all the mechanisms in your body have got to change everything's got to change you've got to adapt and i i often talk about the fact that i'm pretty good at tennis all right now this might sound a bit out there but and i've won a single title now if you've never played tennis before and you gave me a game you possibly would want to give up because You've never played tennis before. You don't know how it works. You don't know how to surf. You don't know how to hit the ball and all this sort of stuff. And maybe after day nine, you'd want to give up because maybe you wouldn't be making the progress. But if you had a good coach and someone saying to you, well, stick with it. This is what everybody, what, like Rich just said, this is what everybody goes through. Don't worry. You know, I was a learner once Just stick with it. And then you get to day 16 and you, another day when you think you're going to give up and say, look, you are getting better. There are these little changes you're maybe not aware You've just got to stick with it, and that's what your body's doing. It's just adapting, and um, sometimes you have to take two steps back to make one step forward, but eventually, as you become less and less dependent on carbs, what happens is there is a flip in this, and you might go back to carbohydrates after, let's say, doing it for three, four months, and you find that the carbohydrates that made you feel fantastic, or you thought made you feel fantastic, um, the effect it would have would be awful. And then going back to a high-carbohydrate diet would be difficult. And after day nine, you thought, oh, I can't do this any longer. I want to go back to feeling really good like I did on carnivore. So th- there is there is many ways to look at this. But I think listening to the right people and getting getting the right electrolytes is, is key. And and um, I hope that's uh, a good answer for you. We've got Rob Roy now. Um, good evening, gents from South Africa. I'm a five thousand meter athlete and new to carnivore. Would Richard mind giving me a rough idea of what he would prioritise to try and achieve optimal performance? So I think we've just had a little bit in that last question. Is there anything you want to add? Because we're talking about this particular athletic. Yeah, look, it's we've so we've you know I think this is a, a brilliant
1: segue from the last uh, the last comment. It's there's specific enzymes and uh, and pathways in the body that we need to regulate. Um, Particularly the monocarboxyl transporters, the MCTs, not to be confused with medium chain triglycerides. It takes time to adapt, so consistency is key. Keep doing what you're doing. Salt is, is super important. So everything that we've just mentioned. But uh, if there's one thing that I tell people that is is, is incredibly important, and it's, it's protein. It's always the protein because every cell in your body is made of protein. Every cell is made of fat. Every protein source in nature comes with fat. An egg. Is is roughly equal amounts of protein to fat, steak, salmon, all of these things, chicken breasts or the skin on, all of these animal proteins come coupled with fat. So eat as nature intended. And what you will find is when you remove the foods um that contain the lectins and phytic acids, so you know, the, the breads, the pastas, the rice and all the typical things that the oats that um Athletes would tend to use. Suddenly, your body's going to absorb these, you know, more of these nutrients. Uh, phytic acid and lectins can block the absorption of things like um, zinc, iron, and magnesium by as much as one hundred percent. And zinc is essential for the production of testosterone. And testosterone, we need to heal, repair, and grow muscle. Um, so it is counterintuitive to live a standard lifestyle with pasta and, and rice and all of these other things. So it, um, when you go to Consuming the proteins and the fats and you remove all of these other things. And if you are going carnivore particularly, then that's even better because now we're removing all of the other phytolexins, plant toxins, uh, anti-nutrients. That's what fiber is. Fiber is an anti-nutrient. You begin to, again, absorb more of these nutrients and we can assimilate them and process them and we become healthier and fitter and stronger um so yeah a few things i mean we could go to town we i think there's a whole sort of two hours that we could probably do on 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 athletic performance uh and again you know um jonas and i go into this in the podcast that i'm releasing soon uh you know we we touch base on athletic performance amongst loads of other things so stay tuned for that and there's plenty more available on on all of our channels uh steven's uh, my youtube channel and uh uh, Jonathan's YouTube channel as well. Uh, lots of, of things to do with athletic performance. So so feel free to check those out.
0: Yeah, great. I hope that was helpful. Uh, here we go. Uh, We've got Landers here. Good evening, Richard and Stephen. I have an enlarged prostate gland, weak urinary flow. Would a carnivore diet be contraindicated with this condition? I can't find any info on it. Right. Well, the first thing I would say is if you go on Google – and sadly, if you go on to YouTube and you do some searches, you're not going to get good information about carnivore, low-carb or ketogenic diets because a lot of what we talk about, the WHO, which is a business, it's not an independent health organisation, they do get funding, Um, will hide the information from you. And as I said last week, if I was looking to improve my health um. Ten years ago, I would have done a Google search, I would have done a YouTube search, and I would have found keto, I would have found Ken Berry, Eric Berg, all those sort of people. Um, Now, I wouldn't find it. I genuinely wouldn't find it. So, here we go. So, yes. So, I I would firstly say it's very doubtful the carnivore diet would be contraindicated. Rather, because it's an anti-inflammatory diet, it's definitely anti-inflammatory. Too many people have said this, they've experienced it. It would improve. It would improve your situation. You see, if what happens? The, the bladder obviously fills with a certain amount of urine, and then uh, as it stretches, it it pushes and it gives you the desire to urinate. If your prostate um, enlarges, it pushes up into this area, and it makes the internal size of the bladder smaller. But because the the prostate is pushing up against the bladder, um, the bladder misreads it as a full bladder waiting for you to urinate because the prostate is pushing up. So therefore, when you then uh, urinate, what happens is you get a weak flow, Um, much like the uh, old-fashioned systems for toilets um, in the UK where you'd have a big chamber full of water and you'd have a chain which you would pull and gravity would make that flush go if you put bricks into the system which is what people used to do to save water so your flush didn't have so much water in there you would get a weaker flush and that's exactly what's happening with you uh, your prostate is pushing it well uh, this isn't medical advice this is talking generally actually about this condition can't give you um one-to-one advice uh, landers i'm afraid but anyway that's that's what happens. So I hope that makes sense. The prostate gland inflames, gets large, whatever is caused that, um, we don't really know. But that's what's making the weak urinary flow. That and the fact that the urethra is going to be inflamed. So the internals of that, so like a, you know, a, a hose pipe, if it's inflamed, what happens is the the interior, the, the space inside is, is, is smaller. So you're going to get um, a flow that's going to be a little bit... Um, weaker. So yeah, it should put the pressure up, but because you've got the volume less water there, it just makes that that um, that situation. So uh, did you want to add anything to that, Rich? No, other than the fact that um when we become
1: carnivore uh, or ketogenic, um we ketones block nlrp 3 inflammasome so they, they block they block in, uh, inflammatory markers which is why many of us experience much less uh inflammation so it it makes sense it's uh it, it's all it, it all comes together doesn't it so live a clean and healthy lifestyle and block inflammation and all of these issues tend to to go away when you speak to um to the masses and it's i hate i hate that um that comment that we have to use all the time you know we can't give um you know this individual health advice and all this sort of stuff and it's it we i don't understand why we shouldn't be able to just give advice you know it it's uh it, it if it's our opinion um but yeah
0: it's not, it's not designed for people like us that are sensible or have uh you know honest degrees oh, I, and, in in health. it's to stop other people that and i have heard people being given really bad advice I i think that's a thing yeah
1: maybe one we could go into more detail on uh the other platform but uh yeah. yeah
0: we're gonna go on to rumble yeah yes uh eight o'clock see i said it out loud um we're top four because i can never usually get on it on sunday night information is top two right so we're second right that's very nice that's very good but who's number one? Anyway, right, Matthew. Again, is Rubois tea the healthiest tea? I bought some, and the packaging claims it's low in tannins. So, again, it. I, are you going
1: to? Right, let's let's break it down um, in in a simple way uh, as I possibly can. Um, plants can be used for medication. Medication is useful when you're sick. So, if you are unwell and there is a plant compound that can help alleviate uh, a specific issue, then you know you can use that plant to do so. But what we shouldn't do is consume that product or that medication daily. So, and um, the the food that I always come back to with this is one that would shock many is is broccoli. Up until. A few years ago, I believed the broccoli was incredibly good for me. And we're told that it's incredibly good for us because it's high in a compound called sulfurpane. Uh, and sulfurpane uh, is uh, touted as a chemical to help fight cancer, which is fantastic if you have cancer. So sulfropane is a compound used in chemotherapy, but you wouldn't take a chemotherapy pill unless you had cancer because chemotherapy kills every cell within the body. So why would you take a chemotherapy pill? if you didn't have cancer. So if you are unwell and any of the the so-called proposed benefits to drinking any tea or or any other compound for that matter, if you have researched it and you have found that it does confer a benefit to uh, something that you were suffering with, then by all means use it. But it's quite often the case that when you remove everything else, all of these other things go away. Your your immune system improves. You don't become sick as often. um, So you don't need to take in, you know, these uh, the, these these compounds. And it, in the case of broccoli, b- broccoli, sulforapine is so toxic that it doesn't exist in a healthy plant. It's created during the chewing process where myrosinus binds to glucoraphenin, and it creates that isothiocyanate, sulfropane. So it's so toxic, it can't exist in a healthy plant. It's created as we chew on it, as the plant becomes under attack. So it's a defense chemical. So why would we be taking defense chemicals if we are not unwell, so if you are unwell and you believe that that he's going to confer a benefit through research that you have done independently, you know I don't believe what it says on the packet. Look at it yourself. Look through research, you know, on the BMJ, for example, um, and come to your own conclusions. Uh, so plants are fantastic for medications. If you're sick, brilliant. If you're not, then you do not need them, in my opinion. Which. Okay, not medical advice. <laughs>
0: <laughs> You're gonna to have to tell me later why I rubbed you up the wrong way when I said that. So, sadly, no, you didn't. It's just the whole thing. The whole, you know, we're not allowed to give advice, and yet, I mean, the reality is, this is why,
1: this is why you were here, isn't it? But it is. It's education, isn't it? You know, all we're doing <laughs> is providing education based on research that you and I have carried out, and um, real experience, real experience with ourselves. Clients, customers, etc., and the whole network that we move and and uh, and work with.
0: Yeah, but so yeah. Sash, sash Mode, I think might have missed. So uh, this was posted at seven twenty three, and it, it, it's now seven fifty one. So we're we're trying to keep up. I promise you, Sash Mode. Just wondering, what products do you both use to wash your face, shower with? use a deodorant, et cetera. So, um, most of that has been answered earlier on. So you'd have to watch the replay, but I didn't mention deodorant, but I want to very quickly say one of the things I'm gobsmacked about is I don't need deodorant. Um, and everyone who's not carnivore might cringe at this, but things like my socks and t-shirts and stuff like that, I don't have to wash every time I wear them. Even socks that I use when I play football. So, I've got a pair of socks which I've used for the last five weeks in my five-a-side football, which I've got back into after ten years away from it, and they don't smell. They don't smell. Uh, I don't need deodorant, and I think when you're reasonably strict carnivore, you don't smell. And I was thinking about this from you know the old histories when you see sort of costume dramas and stuff like that. I used to think, wow, they must have really stunk. <laughs> I don't I don't think they really did. Not, uh, not really, because if you're eating a decent diet, you don't smell, actually. And I think there's also, you know, a lot of the old films when they went back in, they had medieval serving wenches and all this sort of stuff. They'd always make their teeth really black. But actually, it's only since we've had lots of sugar that the teeth are really bad. And you've only got to look at um, nations, African nations, to look at their teeth. Uh, and they're fantastic, aren't they? So... Let's go to, I think this is another question. By the way, guys, I have put a um, link in the chat for the next hour at 8 o'clock on Rumble. So Tom J said, uh, comments on protein kinase. An influencer I follow claims that if you overeat on a meal, you stimulate it and it triggers inflammation, therefore going against OMAD. Not convinced, to be honest. No, well,
1: AMPK is the opposite to mTOR. So the body needs stages of growth. So mTOR and AMPK work uh, in a seesaw effect almost against each other. Um, We need periods of growth, healing and and repairing, but we can't elicit a constant activation of mTOR because that will lead to all sorts of other things like oxidative damage and stress and and all these other issues. Um, Lots of uh, groups of people uh, amongst the world have shown um, lower uh, lifespans with increased MTO, particularly bodybuilders who consume lots of carbohydrates. So we need we need the balance. Um, I'm a big fan of of eating one meal a day. Um, but what I would say is that you don't have to live that way if you don't want to. A lot of the benefits to being ketogenic the brown fat activation, even um, autophagy and mitophagy, lipolysis are all activated through just being ketogenic, even if you were to eat you know, all the way through the day. So you don't have to fast. It's just that, that state of autophagy is increased when fasting. But I would say that eat as you feel. So if you feel hungry, eat when you're hungry, stop when you're full and then you know, eat again when you're hungry again. So if eating one meal a day suits you, fantastic unless you were suffering with other issues like loss of hair you know fatigue and all these sorts of there's lots of other confounding factors but AMPK is essential we, you know we it is essential for um the homeostasis of the human body so it's it's a load of rubbish it, it all you need to do is google autophagy and you will see all of the benefits of cellular repair and regeneration. The body will clean all the old sick and dying cells and create new, younger, stronger, fitter, faster ones. And it's been shown to improve lifespan and longevity. So um, why would that ever be a negative thing? But again, you know, we wouldn't go 30 days without eating unless we had to. Doesn't mean that we can't, uh, you know, but there are cases in which you would do so. Maybe if you suffered with cancer or something. Um, you know that gentleman from Scotland who went 372 days, I believe. Steve, three eighty two, three eighty two. Um, you know, so th- there are circumstances where you can do extended fasts, but eat when you're hungry. Listen to your body.
0: Yeah, it's cool. So, do you know this person that's put the comment up? I do, I do. No, yeah. How do you pronounce? How do you pr- pronounce her I name? I, I I believe it's No. I may be wrong, but that's that's how I, that's how I pronounce it. Yeah, in okay. my it. Well, I'm going to read this because it sounds a bit crass coming from you, Rich. So here we go. And this is what's been posted. Highly recommend Keto Pro products. I'm in every week, stocking up on electrolytes, MCT, collagen, and raspberry bomb. Yum. Going to have a T-shirt made. Fueled by Keto Pro. Deaf helped with five and a half stone loss. So that's good. So firstly, I, I mean, I want to say. The website is theketopro.com and you can get 10% off your first order if you're interested. By the way, th- this live question and answer thing isn't to sell products, but if someone's going to tell you how good it is, um, we might as well do that because everyone else does it. And I saw your eyes light up when she talked about the t-shirt, Rich. Uh, yes. Do you think some merchandise then? Yeah, so I do have some. It's just not available on the website, which I will sort
1: you out with. So drop me a message and we will get something printed. I wouldn't have you pay in to put that on so we'll get you Keto pro up but um, that's what I always wear so Keto Pro fuel by fat I don't know if you can see it which way we go in Yeah, know that's, that's what's on there
0: you need it like the size of, I've got this online coaching. you need well, it and then wear Where it, are, it people. are you good on the back that's right
1: <laughs> yeah Keto Pro everywhere I go so yeah. and you know when I eat, eat out I feel like I'm making a statement you know, so people sometimes feel uncomfortable or you know, what if I'm with family and well I go branded keto pro so I can't even put those things in if I wanted to. But I like to make a statement when I'm when I'm out for food. But
0: um yeah. Thank you so much for listening to my podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Your support means the absolute world to me. And if you're enjoying this show, I've got a small favour to ask you. I'd be incredibly grateful if you would consider becoming a supporter and make a small monthly donation. Your contribution will really help to improve the show. I'll be able to improve the software, maybe put a few more episodes out and do many things that I'm hoping to do in the future. Do them a lot quicker. So it's a small monthly contribution. You can cancel at any time and the link is in the show notes. Thanks very much for listening.